Amen. Are you glad to be at church this morning? Still two people. Anybody glad to be at church this morning? Praise the Lord. We're together as family. It's good that we can come as as brothers and sisters and uh, enjoy this time together. It's good that we can meet together. But the most important thing this morning is that we encounter God's presence. Amen. And I hope that each one of us will be open and receptive to what God wants to to say to us. It's a great privilege for me to share this morning. It's very humbling to know that people flew in from Canada to hear me preaching this morning. (laughs) Thank you, girls. Thank you. And uh, if you're on Facebook, if you're on the podcast, if you're on SoundCloud, uh, welcome to Grace Community Church in in Rich Hill this morning. It's a great joy for me to, to share with you. Most of you, if you know me, that I have an active imagination. And uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 is a, is a favorite verse of mine. It says that the Holy Spirit working in us, we're able to do far more exceedingly abundantly than anything that we have ever thought or imagined. It's a good verse, isn't it? Because as a dreamer, it's something to know that God's plan and purposes are even more wonderful than anything that I could even think or imagine. I have to tell you, as a young boy, I could never have dreamt that one day I would be the king of a castle. And that on a Sunday morning, I would have people living with me from many, many different nations, and I'm trying to make travel arrangements to get them all to church. That's beyond my wildest dreams, that that should ever happen. But God is able to do far more exceedingly abundantly than anything that we can ask or imagine. And so this morning, I wanted to... To, for you to prepare your heart, to have your mind ready to receive the word of God this morning, because God wants to stretch our faith. The series that we're in is, is about ordinary people, and one of my favorite chapters in, in the Bible is, is Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is like a biography of all the great heroes of the faith from the Old Testament, and I could tell you this morning that every one of those characters were just ordinary people. But they were able to accomplish extraordinary things because of their faith and their trust in God. And God wants to use ordinary people. It's surprising to me that the guy I want to look at this morning from the Old Testament, he didn't even get a mention in Hebrews chapter 11. He wasn't even spoken about. And still for me, he's one of the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament. He's a guy called Joshua. And we're going to read some of the verses about Joshua, and then we're going to look and see if there's ways, what lessons that we might be able to learn in stretching our faith to believe that we can accomplish extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. Is there anybody here with me believes that we can do extraordinary things for the kingdom of God in Rich Hill? Or is living room just some sort of an idle idle dream that we have? Or is is it real? I love challenging people with this. Is there people here today that actually think that we, if we can just stretch our faith a little bit more, that we can make an impact for the kingdom of God across the 32 counties of Ireland? Do we believe that this morning? Or is that just some sort of a, a false dream? Do we believe as a family on mission, 
that we can actually bring transformation to our world at a global level. Do we believe that this morning? Or is that just some sort of pie-in-the-sky stuff that Ronnie comes up with every now and again? Great joy for me to see Robin's report. I'm so proud of, of Robin that he's able to go back to his own nation, to his own community, and minister hope and healing into a situation of brokenness and despair. And I want to thank you, any, anybody that has supported him in, with your prayers, with your finances, thank you for making a difference for these people. Many have lost their homes, their family members, their possessions. Everything's gone. And from here in Rich Hill, we can bring hope, help, and healing to a broken community. Josh is a guy that we read about in the, in the Old Testament. He's a book written in his name. I'm aware that maybe there's some people here today and you don't, you have no idea who Joshua is. And, uh, but there's a book written about him in the Old Testament. He followed after Moses. Moses is one of the great heroes of Hebrews chapter 11. But Joshua is one of the guys that understudied Moses. He's one of two people that came out of bondage in Egypt and actually seen the promised land. One of two. So for me, he's, he's a great example. Many lessons that we can learn from the life of Joshua as just being an ordinary person who accomplished extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. And I want you to use your imagination this morning. You know that every great accomplishment on earth that has ever happened in history has started with a thought or an imagination in the mind of someone. Einstein, don't know if you've ever heard tell of that boy or not, but Einstein said that imagination is more important than knowledge. And the Bible has a lot to say about imagination. First Corinthians chapter 2 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. See, God's dream for your life is, is beyond anything you can even think or imagine. Ephesians 3.20, I've already mentioned God's power working in us. God can do much more than anything we can ask or imagine. And so this morning, I want, before we read these verses from the book of Judges, I want to challenge you. Are you prepared to let your mind or your imagination come to life this morning? Are you prepared to dream that you can accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God more than anything up until this point in your life you've even thought possible? That's the sort of challenge that I want to bring to us as a family on mission this morning. Because God can do amazing things through ordinary people like you and me. And that's his desire. So this morning, let's read some verses from the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. And we're going to read 11 verses. And we're going to see if there's any secrets that we can learn from Joshua's life. Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them. 
to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. What a tremendous start to Joshua's responsibility in leading the kingdom of God. Joshua had a very important role. He had been a mentor of Moses. We read in these verses that he was Moses' aid. But Joshua had a major problem. He had a major problem that we see coming to light in these verses as God communes with Joshua. It's clear from these verses that Joshua had a significant problem with doubts and fears. He struggled with his self-confidence. Now, in the story of Joshua, we can understand maybe why Joshua struggled with issues of self-confidence. Let's consider his position for for a moment. Moses, this great servant of God, this man who has accomplished so much for the people of God, he is dead. And God comes to speak to Joshua and has this conversation. Moses, my servant, is dead. And I try to picture myself in Joshua's position, how would you like to follow in Moses' footsteps? How would you like to be the one that has to carry on this mantle that Moses has carried, bringing the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt, leading them through the wilderness for 40 years, and now he's dead, and now it's your responsibility. I have sort of an idea why Joshua at that moment might have struggled with issues of self-confidence or issues of doubt in his own mind. 
He was taken over from Moses. He was leading a band of slaves who had spent the last 40 years in the wilderness. The plan was that they would invade and take over a land which was inhabited by seven different enemy nations. Each one of those seven nations had an army stronger and bigger and more powerful than the men that Joshua had available to him. So following in the footsteps of Moses and and thinking that the plan that he had to accomplish, it's very easy to see why Joshua might have struggled with doubts and fears. But we see in these verses that God understood Joshua's heart. God understood that if Joshua could not be and would not be victorious in the fight if he didn't deal with doubts and fears that he struggled with. And that's why God comes to Joshua. And in this communion, one-to-one, face-to-face, he says, be strong. Be strong and of good courage. And so that's the first lesson that we can learn. From the life of Joshua. Because I want to suggest that maybe within our family on mission today, that somewhere sitting in this room, there's maybe someone struggles with doubts and fears. You want to accomplish, you you believe God has spoken to you. You really want to accomplish something for the kingdom of God. You have had a dream, you have had a vision. God has placed dreams within your heart, but doubts and fears come and cripple your imagination, cripple your dreams. And I wanted to to bring these words to you this morning. The same words that God gave to, to Joshua, be strong, be strong and of good courage. God wants to do amazing things through your life. But I know from experience, whenever God's word comes to our hearts like this, encouraging us and motivating us to go and make a difference for the kingdom of God, the enemy will come to try and steal the word of God from your heart. And so from experience, I know that as I talk to you this morning and as your faith begins to rise and you begin to believe that you can, as an ordinary person, do extraordinary things for the kingdom of God, you know the enemy is going to come before you get out through that door and try to steal that word from your heart. And so the word of God comes to you this morning, be strong and courageous. I have thought in my own personal life, what, what are the things that would cause self-doubt? What are those things that would cause you to be fearful and to doubt. One of the things that I've found when talking to people, one of the things that people really struggle with in fulfilling God's purposes and going after their dreams is comparing themselves or comparing their abilities with other people. Have you ever, have ever you done that? You have a dream. You have things you think you could accomplish for the kingdom of God, but then you look around and you see all the people that are more gifted than you have, more gifts and talents, maybe more education. Maybe they've even been to Bible college. 
And you're thinking to yourself, you're really, you're really not qualified for this. You don't really have the resources that you need. And whenever you compare yourself to other people, it would cause you to be crippled with doubts and fears. But I want to encourage you this morning that God doesn't want you to be like anybody else. God created you just the way you are. God loves you just the way you are. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and he doesn't want you to copy anybody else. That's a great revelation when you come to it. Because some years ago, it would have been easy to be crippled by a lack of resources or thinking that you weren't properly qualified to be able to make an impact for the kingdom of God. So don't compare yourself with anyone else. You're uniquely created. You have a unique purpose within the kingdom of God that nobody else can fulfill. That's why it's important for you to follow your dream this week because you're going to connect with people during this week that none of the rest of us are going to connect with. You're going to have a minute, you're going to be able to bring light into somebody's darkness this week. You're going to be able to bring hope into somebody's situations of hopelessness this week that none of us, the rest of us will ever touch. And so you don't need to be comparing yourself to anybody else. God has an exclusive plan and purpose for your life that nobody else can fulfill. You're special in the eyes of God and nobody else can fulfill the role, the plan, the purpose that God has specifically designated for your life. Don't compare yourself to other people. There's another thing that sometimes would cause self-doubt to come into your mind and that's remembering mistakes or failures of the past. Have you ever been down that road? You have a dream and you're about to set, take a step of faith to go to beat your dream, to fulfill that ambition that God has placed in your heart and then suddenly you're, you think about a failure or, or something you've, uh, you've done in the past and it causes your faith to shrink back again and you don't take that step of faith because you think to yourself, Look at my past. Look at the mistakes that I've made. Look at the failure I've been. And you begin to play those things over and over and over again in your mind. And just whenever you were about to take that step of faith, the past crippled you. And I want to encourage you today from the Word of God. And particularly as we think of those characters that I've already mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, all of them had a past. All of them made mistakes. All of them, if they were to concentrate on the failures of their past, they would never have accomplished anything for the kingdom of God. But they were able to look past put their past behind them. And I want to say to you with the authority of God's word this morning that God says, forget the hurts, the disappointments, the failures of the past. Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind, I'm going to press forward. I'm going to press forward into the things that God has for my life. 
And I want to encourage you this morning. Maybe you're here and you're struggling whenever you compare yourself to others and you think of your past, the hurts that you've experienced, you've blamed God for those hurts, you've failed, you've let people down, and what all, all of those things that start playing about in your mind whenever you start thinking about a step of faith. And God comes this morning. Be strong. Be strong. And of good courage. Take a step of faith. God wants to use you today. Second thing that we can learn from the life of Joshua. So let's let's think that after he's had this conversation with God that he has dealt with the issues of self-confidence. He's took God's word to his heart. Be strong and of good courage. I'm ready to move forward. There's a second secret that we can learn from the life of, of Joshua. And I think it's something that we each of us can learn also. And it's looking for a word from God. Brent shared in our cell group at the castle on, on Wednesday night the importance if we want to grow in our faith, we need to get into the word of God. And I don't want to challenge any of you today with, with uh, how well you've disciplined your life concerning getting into the Word of God this week, because uh, that might be an embarrassment to some of us. But I want to tell you something. God's Word is life. God's Word is light. And if you want to know and fulfill God's plan and purposes for your life, the first thing is dealing with issues of self-confidence, but the second thing is that you need to hear from God. That's what I love about these first verses, that it was a very easy thing for us to, for Joshua to communicate with God. It was just an ordinary conversation. See, sometimes, and we've said this before, sometimes when we talk about prayer and relationship with God and hearing from God, it's all like, let's pray. Let's do the talking. But in any relationship, we need to allow space to hear and to listen. Maybe that's some advice for marriages this morning. In any relationship, one person can't do all the talking. It's communicating. It's disciplining yourself not only to speak, but disciplining yourself to listen. And Josh's heart was obviously disciplined to hear from God because he heard God speaking to him. And God wants to speak to you today. He's going to confirm those dreams, those visions, those aspirations that are in your heart. He's going to confirm it from his word. And getting a promise from God was key for Joshua. In the third verse that we read, God says to Joshua, I promised Moses that I would give you this land. So I'm giving you everywhere your foot stands on. I can tell you it was some, that must have been good for, for Joshua to hear that. After he's dealt with the doubts and the fears, God says to him, Listen, Joshua, here's my promise to you. Every place you set your foot, I'm going to give it to you. That's what I promised Moses, and that's the promise that I make to you today. 
One of the wonderful things that we have as a foundation of our Christian faith is that God cannot lie. God's word will always come to pass. What God promises, he will fulfill. If he makes a promise, he's going to keep it. If God promises to bless you, what assurance have we got? He will bless us. Because his word cannot fail. If God says he's going to protect us, he'll protect us. Listen to me this morning. If God says he wants to use you and me, to bring his presence and his power into our keen community. He cannot lie. That's his desire. That's what he wants to do. He wants to use you and me. And his words cannot fail. That's why we need to get into God's word. With God's power working in me, God can do much more than anything I can ask or imagine. So Joshua got some promises from God. Now remember, you try to put yourself in Joshua's position this morning. Because we're on a mission. After we leave church, Neela said, this is not the main event. The main event starts after we leave church today. And so the main event's running from now until next Saturday night. This is not the main event. This is the preparation for the main event. So if God makes a promise, it's cut and dry. There's no doubt. We just have to step in faith to believe what God, what God has said he will fulfill. In verse 5, God gives Joshua a promise of strength. Now, now, try to put yourself in position of Joshua. He's leading these multitude of people. They're all acts uh, slaves from Egypt and they've wandered about the wilderness for 40 years. And so it's important to get a word from God if you're going to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Verse 5, you got a promise of strength. No one will stand against you. So if God was to come and speak directly to your heart. What difference would that verse make to you in how you go about being ambassador, God's ambassador of hope or God's ambassador of light this week? If God was to whisper to you this afternoon, no one, as you serve me, as you follow, fulfill the purpose I have for your life, no one will stand against you. Verse 7 is better. It's a promise of success. He says to Joshua, you will be successful. Now if I was to be able to give you that promise today, how, how would the fact, as you go out into the main event of bringing hope and bringing light into your communities this week? This is the words of good job. God spoke into Joshua's heart. 
you will be successful. First name, a promise of support. Listen to it. I will be with you wherever you go. Here's God's word to your heart this morning. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And no matter what situation or trial or difficult circumstance you're going to have to face this week, here's God's promise. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be by your side. In all of those situations, in all of those difficulties, I will never leave you. I'll never leave you on your own. That's Joshua's promise from God, and it's God's promise to us today. His word cannot fail. His promises are true. And I want to word read you. We've still other things to say about Joshua, but in the 23rd chapter of Joshua, I want to read you verse 14. Because here's Joshua's biography. We've, we've read how he came to preeminence in ministry. Moses had died and he took over this leadership role. So that was Joshua chapter 1. Here's Joshua 23. Now here's, I'm challenging, can God's word be trusted? Ask Joshua. Ask Joshua because he went from chapter 1 to chapter 23. And he's coming to the end of his life. And here's what Joshua says. Chapter 23 and verse 14. Now I am about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God give you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. That's some testimony. That's some end to a biography that started out with self-doubt and self-confidence uh, self issues. And he gets to the end of his life and because of this conversation that he had with God, no one will stand against you. You will be successful. I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. That's chapter 1 and chapter 23. Joshua is able to say, you know with all your heart and all your soul that not one promise has failed. All the good promises the Lord gave you, not one has failed. See, God will keep his word. God will keep his promises. So that's the second lesson that we can learn. Once we have dealt with the self-confidence issues, the doubts, the fears, be strong of a good courage. Whenever we have got a promise from God, which will incorporate that he will give us the strength, he will give us success, he will never leave us, so he can give us the support that we need, then it's time to trust the Lord. It's time to lean on the Lord. 
because we can go through these different principles of getting rid of self-doubt and hearing from God. But we actually have to come to a decision that we're going to trust God, that we're going to rely on him, we're going to lean on him. See, as long as Joshua trusted God, he was undefeatable. When he wholly trusted the Lord, he won every single battle. Joshua accomplished absolutely amazing things for the kingdom of God against all of the odds. And it was because he fully trusted the Lord. Because he chose to rely on the promises of God. And so this morning, that's the challenge that comes to us. I want to ask you this morning, when the challenges of life come, as they will, what are you leaning on? What is your source of strength? Joshua fully and wholly trusted in the Lord. And as a family on mission, that has to be our focus. That has to be our priority. And I, I can honestly say today to you, don't trust me. I will try my best in my physical power to encourage and support you, but please don't trust me. Because I may let you down. There may be some day that I will disappoint you because I'm just a human being. Don't put your trust in man because man might let you down. Maybe he didn't even mean to let you down. But human nature is that someday man might let you down. Don't put your trust in people. Put your trust in God. Lean on him. Some people might be here this morning and it's because people let you down that you walked away from God. God wasn't to blame, but people let you down. And I want to encourage you this morning. Don't put your confidence in your resources. Don't put your confidence in your own abilities. Don't put your confidence in your education. Those things are good, but they may let you down. I want to encourage you today to put your trust in someone who will never let you down. He will be with you in every situation of life. And even at times when you're going through situations that you don't feel his presence, I want to encourage you to, to all of the, the differences that you become aware of his presence. If you don't feel his presence, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a problem that he's, he's left you. He's there. He'll always be there. It's us being aware of his presence. And so Joshua learned to fully trust the Lord. That's not always easy. Sometimes whenever you follow what God has put in your heart, 
when you wholly go after what God has burdened you with, it can be a lonely place. Whenever you determine in your heart that you're not going to go with what other people are saying, but you're going to fully trust the Lord, it can be a scary place. It can be an uncomfortable place. But I want to tell you this morning, take advice from Joshua. If you fully trust the Lord, he'll never let you down. Never will let you down. His word can be relied on. His character can be dependent upon. So Joshua dealt with issues of self-confidence. He got a promise from God and he chose to fully, fully trust the Lord. Fourth secret. We remember this is this is ordinary people. Joshua was just an ordinary man being used by God. And we are just ordinary people. And after we leave church this morning, we're going to go out and do extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. But here's, listen to the fourth thing that we learned from Joshua's character in these verses that we read. We need to launch out in faith. We need to take the next step. Many of you that are part of the drop-in family for a while, you'll know that I've often said, and I'll continue to say, that there's always a next step of faith. I shared with the Canadian team the other night that Carl and I were married 36 years passed in June, on the 5th of June 1982, we made a commitment as a young couple that we would, Proverbs 3 and verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And as a young couple, we determined that that's how we would focus our lives, that God would be a central part of all our hopes and decisions and plans. But that's a long time ago. 36 years is a long time. But what we have discovered as we have journeyed together in faith that there's always a next step. So it's not good to be comfortable. It's not good to get into a comfort zone. Because what I've learned after all these years is that there's always a next step of faith. So I don't care where you are in your spiritual journey this morning. Maybe this morning you need to take a step of faith. To give your life to Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning, you're just a new Christian, you've just been a believer for a few weeks or a few months. I want to tell you something. There's a next step of faith. Maybe you've been a believer as long as I have, maybe even longer. And you think you've reached your peak. Well, I have news for you this morning. Here's another step of faith. And here's God's word just this morning. It's time. It's time to take the next step of faith. Joshua, after he had heard from God, 
the first verses, and then we get Joshua's response to having heard from God. He issued the instructions to the leaders. Tell the people to get ready. Tell the people to get ready because in a few days we're going to move. The moment of truth has arrived and we're going to cross the Jordan River. We're going to fulfill our destiny. We are about to take on these enemy nations. But we're no longer going to do it in our own strength, our own power. We're going to go with the Lord with us. And so they had to lay all on the line. Going into the Jordan River, they had to literally take the plunge. They were taking a step of faith. And I don't want to sound irreverent or unholy because most of you know the importance that, that I attach to prayer. Prayer is essential. Prayer is foundational. But I want to suggest to you today, church, that we reach a stage where the thinking is over. Where the talking is over. And Dere said, when the praying is over, it's time to take a step of faith. It's time to move into our community. It's time to start touching the lives of people whose situations are hopeless, helpless. Ian had an opportunity this week and I don't want to tell you too much details but there's he was introduced through a connection to a place, a house where someone's living in Portadown and if you all know Ian he goes to places where a few others will dare to tread the social services would not go into this house without proper protective gear so that's the type of situation you're talking about. See, sometimes whenever you follow God's call, that's what I'm telling you. It might be uncomfortable. It literally might mean you get your hands dirty. It might even cost you a few pounds. But I believe we're at a time where we need to actually start touching the brokenness, entering into people's pain. It's time for us to stop talking about bringing hope into situations of hopelessness, but actually be in the hands and the feet of Jesus into our communities. So that we're not going to just pray about bringing hope, help and healing, but we're actually going to practice hope, help, we are going to be the representatives, the ambassadors of God. That's our role. That's the opportunity that we have to fulfill as the family of God on mission. So this morning, that's my challenge. Our time is more than gone. I'm going to ask Judith and the team just to come up and uh, they're going to 
sing, but I want us just to take a moment to reflect on what God has been saying to us over these last few moments. See, I'm convinced that we need to make a response to the Word of God. It's easy to be hearers, but God's looking for doers of the Word. And so the challenge comes to us this morning, because maybe in the next few moments, God's going to place dreams and visions on your heart of things that you can really accomplish for the kingdom of God this week. And God is looking for people who are willing to say yes. Sometimes in situations of life, we don't like yes men. But in this morning, in this challenge, God is looking for yes. God is looking for a heart that will say yes. You might say to me, well, Ronnie, how, how much is it going to cost me? How much of a sacrifice will I have to make? Will I have to get my hands dirty? Can I just do the clean stuff? Can I just do the easy stuff? Can I just visit the houses where you don't have to put on protective gear? Are we willing to say yes? Are we willing to say yes? God's looking for a people who will say yes. After you've said yes, God will take you on an amazing journey. An amazing journey. It may, it may be uncomfortable. It may mean getting your hands dirty. But I want to tell you something. There's no greater place to live than in the center of God's will for your life. I believe that. And so as the praise team just began to play for us, and I'm going to sing in a minute, I want to just tell you, for you to bow your head and make your personal response to the word of God this morning. And then I'm going to pray. And then Judith's going to lead us in our final praise this morning. Can we take just a minute just to think about these issues that we have gleaned from the life of Joshua? Is there anybody here struggling with doubts, self-confidence issues? I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but I want you to address that in your own heart. God says, be strong and have a good courage. I have a plan and a purpose for your life that nobody else can fulfill. Maybe you need to deal with issues of self-confidence this morning. Maybe you need to stop comparing yourself to other people. Maybe you need to forget and give over to God the failures and the disappointments of your past and say, I accept. You're going to get a word from God. You're going to get into his word. You're going to actually believe that the promises that he's made to you will be fulfilled. That he will not lie. That he will keep his promises. That he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will support you. He will make you successful.
Are we prepared to trust his word completely this morning? Will we fully and wholly follow the Lord? Will we choose not to put our confidence in man, but we will fully and wholly trust the Lord? Are we ready to take that next step of faith? Are we willing to say yes? Even though we don't know what the cost might be, where it might be, what it might be. But we're willing to say this morning, yes, Lord. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, however it is that I can be your ambassador to touch the brokenness and the pain of my community and my family, my answer is yes. My answer is yes, Lord. Father, we just thank you for your presence with us here this morning. We thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that your word will find a resting place, a hiding place in each one of our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you'll protect that word from, from the enemy who will want to come and snatch it away. I pray, Lord, that your word will bring forth fruit as we, a family on mission, leave church this morning. Thank you, Lord, that this is not the main event. But, Lord, this morning, as we've come together, you've ignited a passion within our hearts to, to be ordinary people, making, doing extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. As ordinary people living in this community, we're going to see extraordinary transformation for the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, we pray again for this, our community of Rich Hill and the different communities from which we have traveled today. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us, empower us by your Holy Spirit to bring light into darkness. Empower us to bring hope into hopeless situations. Empower us by your Spirit that we can be your ambassadors, that we can be a reflection of your love into every situation that we encounter this week. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it if we depend on our own resources. We need you, Lord. So please come as we offer you this, our praise and worship at the end of this service. We pray, Lord, you'll come minister to each one of our hearts. Draw us close to your heart, Lord. Help us to be a reflection of your heart. May the things that break your heart begin to break our hearts. May we begin to cry at injustice. May we begin to be moved with compassion for those that live in poverty and live in hopelessness. Give us more of your heart, Lord. In Jesus' name.